This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my proud honor to introduce the greatest podcast ever from Sherrard, Illinois, and it's a hunting one too, from 1600 Buckslayer Place here in the Buckatorium. It's the Working Class Bow Hunters podcast not an llc yet so don't get any funny ideas <laughs> how you doing oh uh, episode 20 man number 20 we made it we are on our way again <laughs> uh, <sighs> yeah there we go we already ran out of yep, steam out 20 of steam. whole episodes in and we can barely get past the intro <laughs> that's gonna be it for the working class boner <laughs> podcast <laughs> <laughs> i've got to uh i gotta tell you guys this you, you know why i'm super excited today why steve tell me all about i it. gotta tell you this listen you're not going to believe this, but guess who we have on the other line? Who do we have? Don't actually guess and spoil it, but I want to tell you who it is. And I'm going to introduce him this way. He is the styling and profiling, Chevrolet riding, bad boy buggy flying, Cheeto stealing, wheeling and dealing, son of a gun, Travis T-Bone Turner. Woo! <laughs> you didn't mess that up. Wow. Oh, man. Wow, that was impressive, Steve. That was. It took me all five minutes to work that up. And he's bleeding. I am. I'm bleeding too. What's up, Travis? Man, I feel like I need to be. I feel like I'm walking out to a UFC fight right now. <laughs> you hear that? I mean, I'm looking at Dana White. There's Joe Rogan over there in the corner, and and I've got the American flag and the Confederate flag draped right around my back right now. <laughs> All right, that's not playing around. That's what. That's what we wanted you to feel me like. Up, you know. <laughs> that was a that was a pretty impressive intro there, Steve. Yeah, it's like that, man. I, I I've been I've been watching nothing but Ric Flair videos, getting ready for this. <laughs> Uh, yep. T Bone, just so you know, he really did hit his arm on the mic stand and blood was drawn. Yeah. Th that's just how really? excited he got. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we, Good night. Yeah, we don't play around. I wish you guys could see it, but this is a podcast, so it doesn't work that way. But <laughs> good Lord. Oh, but T Bone, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Um, we all really look up to you, and we've been looking forward to this episode for sure. So. Oh, thank you guys. I appreciate y'all having me on. I mean, anybody that celebrates the hunting and the outdoor lifestyle is a, is a, a okay by me. So I, I appreciate y'all having me on, and I appreciate y'all uh, spreading the word with y'all's uh, great podcast that you have. Oh, we're, well, <laughs> I, I don't know about great. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't be throwing that great <laughs> word around. I mean, it's a podcast, no doubt. <laughs> but uh, uh, we do appreciate you calling in. Just want to specify to our listeners and our buddies here. He's not actually in the studio with us. He's da You're down in Georgia right now, right? That's correct. Uh, down here at the Casa de Bone here in Georgia. Casa there de you bon. go. Awesome. We're drinking our sweet tea up here, so we're kind of with you in spirit. <laughs> Good deal. Good deal. Yeah, actually, our uh, our home administrative office is in Illinois. It's up in Ottawa, Illinois, which is uh, LaSalle County, about oh, yeah. an hour southwest of Chicago. Yeah, it's about uh, two about two hours away. It's about two hours. We're in the Quad Cities. Okay, okay. Yeah, it, um, it's right there on the Illinois River and the Fox, right where they come together. And mm -hmm. if uh, if you like if you like the shooting the Asian carp and the 
the bow fishing it's really good right there and then naturally you know that that county and well pretty much all of illinois is certainly great for bow hunting those whitetails oh yeah oh yeah we need to make the trip out there to the bone shed and and all that and check it out and hang out and see all that but yeah, you, it, go ahead i was gonna say it's a desti- it's a great destination i mean I, I don't know if you guys have been there or not but it's right there off of interstate 80 and Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you're going east and west on 80, you can just jump off there in less than a mile. You're right there on it. And it's got a lot of our mounts in there and some pictures. And then, you know, it just celebrates everything bone collector. We've got a great staff that works on bows and an indoor range. And, uh, heck, you can, I mean, that's where we warehouse everything. So you can pick up everything that's hardcore. Not sure if you guys are, uh, familiar or not, but we're, um, we're owners of hardcore and hardcore, uh, decoys and, and hardcore brands is based right there. So, you can get all your waterfowl needs and everything right there. Oh, there you awesome. go. Yeah, I did see all that on the website, and I I didn't really know what the affiliation was with that, but you know that makes a whole lot of sense now. Um, yeah, we're we're definitely going to make a point to drive up there because it's literally from Sherrard, Illinois, straight shot oh, yeah. right up there. Um, awesome. How often do so, you guys head out that way? Um, you know, it's been it's been over a year since I was there, but um, since. I, you know, I usually go up there about six or seven times a year, but I haven't been up there in a year. We were just talking about that the other day. I need to get up there before the end of summer, and then, I, you know, we're planning our fall schedule, too. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a couple of the guys, we've been real fortunate to have some farms to hunt right there in LaSalle County and around the Ottawa and Marcel's area. So um, we didn't we didn't hunt there last year, so it's about time to get up there and plan a hunt and visit the bone shed again. Heck, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye out when you're going to go up there. We'll try and uh, We'll try and go up there and bother you. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, now, I, we were looking online at, at your uh, schedule um, here, and just like the appearances that you were gonna gonna be doing. Right. Uh, do you know what a day off is? <laughs> I mean, man, I'm telling you, I, we we go by the philosophy to make hay while it's sunshine, and me, Michael, and Nick keep keep pretty busy schedules all year long. I mean. Naturally, we're busy uh, throughout the fall filming for Bone Collector. We have to do 26 original shows for Bone Collector. And then we also co-host uh, Realtree Road Trips, which we have to do 13 originals for it. So <laughs> we're busy throughout the fall, and everybody thinks, you know, they talk to us all spring and summer long at appearances and stuff, and they say, man, y'all about to get busy in the fall. And, and I'm almost like, no, nah, we've been pretty busy since the first year doing appearances and stuff. We've got to... <laughs> We're about to knock it out of gear and kill some deer and relax in a tree stand. So yeah. all year, all year is busy for sure. And uh, we do a lot of appearances. We're we're very thankful and and humbled by the platform that we have. And you know, again, not to to say it again, but we practice the uh, you know making hay while it's sunshine and while while the 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 needle's moving. Let's keep pushing it. Perfect. Yeah, we um. And and, that, and I I had a, a question that I wanted to ask, and this will fit in perfectly. Uh, when was the last time that you actually hunted without you know a camera in the stand or a camera guy with you? I mean, you know, it seems like you know you got to put out you know almost more shows than there are are weeks in a year. You know, yeah, it's it's really hard to do that. And you know, over the past uh, you know Bone Collector, we started in two thousand eight, and of course we filmed with Real Tree for you know years and uh, in front of that, but. Um, we, we do get to hunt a little bit by ourselves. Um, you know, I got a nine year old son and we got a small farm here in Georgia and whenever I'm home, um, you know, occasionally we'll film it, but there's a lot of times it's just me and him, you know, sometimes my dad will go hunting with us, but when we're here on my place, probably 95% of the time, there's no cameras. It's just, you know, me and, you know, an occasional friend will come and then me and my son, we do a lot of hunting. So that's been, that's been great to me, but to, to, I can count on one hand in the last three years the times I've spent by myself in a tree stand. Usually there's always a, a buddy, you know, that mm-hmm. tags along or, or my son or whatever. But, man, those those times are precious. It, and, it, and it's really weird because the times I do hunt by myself, I grew up, you know, from the time I was 10 years old, you know, hunting by myself. And then, you know, for the last, you know, 10 to 12, 15 years, we've been filming so much it's kind of weird when you do hunt by yourself because you're used to that, <laughs> that it, it, you're used to that team effort and sharing everything like hey man did you see that look at that red fox look at that coat yeah man look at that squirrel what's that squirrel doing so you know filming it and documenting it and you know then when you go out and experience everything by yourself and you go back and you tell the story it's like 
yeah, there's no proof. Nobody else seen you do it. So it, it really didn't happen. We've all been there. Yeah. We all live that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I'm telling you, there was three giant bucks, and they were just out of range. Oh, if only I had a camera guy to show you guys. I'm <laughs> yeah. telling you. I, I had to stop all my hunting lies whenever we started filming. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But you probably yeah. feel like if you get to go by yourself, like, that you're forgetting something. It probably feels funny. You know what I mean? Like, you probably feel concealed in a way. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because it is a teamwork. I mean, the, the cameramen and the field producers don't get enough credit. Um, and I, actually, what we call them too is uh, we give them so much credit. We uh, we don't call them field producers and we don't call them cameramen there at Bone Collector. We call them turd polishers because they make us look so good. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's awesome. Um, hey, and if they if they do an extra good job, turd bedazzlers. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because for... what do you get down? I mean, you can only do so much with a polished turd. Yeah, that's right. Sometimes you got to bedazzle it. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, basically, this might be something that you've answered a hundred times, but for our listeners, um, I feel like it's a good question. Um, where did you get your start or your break, really, in like the outdoor industry? Well, um, it, um, and that, and we do get asked that a lot, and it, it's I don't mind answering it by by all means. We're so appreciative and. Um, you know, it seems like each year, I mean, it, it's a continuing break. Um, you know, it's a it's a climbing the ladder type process, basically. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, to, to tell you a little bit about it, I, I used to work for Mercedes-Benz in Atlanta in the early 90s. And while I was working there, I mean, I had a, it was a good job. I was having to drive, an, you know, an hour, hour and a half to work each day. And, uh, you know, I was tired of the, the city and I was tired of the, um, you know, I didn't live in the city, but I worked in the city, but I was tired of the traffic, tired of dealing with the city. And, and I thought, you know what, while I'm young and I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I was competing in archery tournaments in the weekends and that was my spare time and hunting. But, you know, my nine to five job or my 40 or 50 hour a week job was working with Mercedes. So, you know, I said, well, you know, while I'm young, I still lived at home. I was in my real early twenties. And I said, uh, I don't have any responsibilities as far as a mortgage or family, kids or anything like that. I said, I'm going to try just to make a living in the outdoor industry. So I quit my job and I went to work at a local pro shop and um, I was already shooting as a pro staff for a lot of companies back then, early nineties, I was shooting for Browning and oh, I'd really? won the world champion. Yeah. I was uh, Browning had archery company, believe it or not guys. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a few and, Browning uh, bows. I have a bow fishing Browning. That's what I use. Yeah. <laughs> and I shot for them in the early nineties and I was lucky enough to win the world championships in 1991 and then the next year is when i i quit my job and uh you know i i uh went to work at this archery shop i took a about a ten thousand dollar a year pay cut but man life was so good i i didn't dread going to work i didn't have traffic issues i just went to work and i told deer hunting stories and archery stories and worked on bows all day long so you know granted i wasn't making as much money but um you know my dad and a lot of my mentors had always told me you know if you do something in life that you're passionate about, you'll never feel like you worked a day in your life. So, mm-hmm. and things was good. So I, you know, doors would open for me. I would get uh, different pro staff uh, deals, and then I would, uh, you know, competing, and I, I was doing pretty good prize money wise, shooting professionally. You know, going out and shooting the IBO in the ASA circuit, and uh, you know, um, after two years of working in the retail, I kind of learned that side. Well, all the good hunting in Georgia is about an hour and a half south of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. which is where I live now. Well, me and a friend of mine opened up a shop down here, so I quit working for a shop that I was working were, working for just outside of Atlanta, and I moved down uh, south of Atlanta, and I, I bought a mobile home, and I moved it onto my buddy's horse pasture, and I helped take care of his horses and lived in a $19,000 single-wide trailer, and we had our <laughs> archer shop going. I mean, it was humble beginnings, believe me. I mean, bologna sandwiches and frozen pizzas. I'm, everybody can relate to that. But yeah, yeah, we got the we got the uh, we got the the store rolling, and uh, about a year and a half after, you know, because I, I wasn't familiar to the area. As I, I used to hunt down here, but I what, didn't live down here. So yeah. I met Michael and I met David and I met Bill, which because uh, I, I was within forty miles of Realtree headquarters and became good friends with them. This was in about 95, 96. Mm-hmm. Started doing all of their bow work, and then all the people that they would take hunting, you know, whether it be baseball players, country singers, comedians, you know, Jeff Foxworthy, I used to do all their bow work for them. Yeah. Whenever, whenever, you know, to facilitate them to go hunt with Realtree. And 
you know, I was a behind-the-scenes guy. I was setting up the archery course that they would shoot for the Monster Bucks videos and the uh. DVDs. And, uh, well, in 99, they had asked me to set up a bow for Foxworthy because he had um, he never bow hunted. So I set him up. We hit it off and became friends. And, and along with, you know, Michael and David and, and, and Bill, we all was real close. And they had asked me to be a part of the Monster Bucks uh, D- DVDs. Well, back then it was videos, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I was running my shop. <laughs> I was running my shop and I was still, you know, competing, uh, you know, across the country. So life was real good. And then they asked me to, to be a part of this. I was just, you know, flabbergasted that they asked me to be a part of it. And we, uh, came up with the character T-Bone. I don't know if y'all are familiar with that. Or not, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> the big old floppy hat and the <laughs> flannel shirt and the old, uh, white tail hunter bow. And, um, anyway, I come up with that that character that we played alongside with Foxworthy and Willie, and we didn't know how it was going to be received. We didn't know if it was going to be, uh, uh, you know, co- introducing comedy skits into a hunting video about every three or four hunts, and you throw a little comedy skit in there. We thought, well, we'll try it. We don't know yeah. how it's going to be perceived, but, God, it worked out real well. It, it went over really <laughs> well, and, you know, women didn't mind watching videos then, and kids really liked it, and guys playing it at their hunting camps, so... We had uh, created a monster in T-Bone, so to speak. So uh, <laughs> we, we started doing it annually, and then David started asking me to go on hunts. You know, that was in the early 2000s, and Man, I started doing awesome. some hunts with them. And, and uh, you know, again, um, you know, just doors would open within the industry, and I was still had my business, and it would get up to 2006, and I was, you know, appearing on uh, Realtree Road Trips quite a lot, still good mm. friends with Nick, good friends with uh, Waddell, and, then, uh, you know, Waddell come up with the Bone Collector Project and asked me and Nick to be a part of that. And I, at the same year, a guy approached me about buying my business. I'd had my, my archery shop and running for 12 years, and mm-hmm. I'd bought my partner out 10 years prior. So I was the sole owner, and I sold my business and went right into Bone Collector. And, I mean, just had been truly blessed, and all the doors opened. And every time I walked through, it was uh, it was like heaven on the other side. So I've, I've been real blessed, and we're just continuing the ride. Man, that's awesome. It's just cool. I mean, you can tell you're a good person. I've met you a couple times at Archery Trade Show, and you're just like I thought you'd be. You're, you know what I mean? I was always nervous. I have, I probably have all the Monster Bucks on VHS, and I have all the DVDs. And I remember in hunting camp when I was young, I think I was 9 or 10 years old when T-Bone and Jeff Fox were the hit Monster Bucks. <laughs> and we used to play that in hunting camp in uh, Fulton County, Illinois. And all yep. the guys would just be rolling, laughing, man. And ever since then, I looked up to all you guys. And then I finally got to meet all you at Archery Trade Show. And I was nervous. I'm like, man, you know when you look up to someone, you're like, oh, and you meet them, I hope they're like I hope they are and not let me down. <laughs> and then you guys were exactly how I thought you were, just you're just people man and you guys are all down to earth and it's super refreshing so well i appreciate you saying that and we 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 believe me we are grounded and we stay grounded i mean we know that there's about three or four or five million rednecks that would cut their right arm off to trade places with us (laughs) we and we are very very fortunate so uh you know we don't consider ourselves you know a lot of times we people get called hunting professionals but we are not hunting professionals we're just uh, outdoor entertainers, I guess you could say, because I mean, <laughs> yeah. half the people, half the people that are watching us are way better hunters than us. It's just we're fortunate to have a camera in our face a lot. So I like the, um, I like the way you put that. But I will say though, I don't think any, not a lot of people could out shoot you. <laughs> well, <laughs> Obviously, well, just lucky. Just lucky. <laughs> I just love on the we were watching uh, over the last week when you had uh, what was it the Casa de Bone where you had everyone. You put the cardboard invitations into everyone's mailbox that archery shoot spelled S H E W T or something like that. And then I that was that was the last one. I don't know how long that's been at least ten years ago, but that was the last one that we had a really big blowout production for that. And, you know, ever since then they've kind of D V D sales are not what they used to be, so uh uh Realtree doesn't really spend the the uh the dollars on production for it because we have so many hunts mm-hmm. um they're just keeping it straight to hunt and just edit the hunts and send them in so yeah we need to have a uh, reunion so to speak of t-bone <laughs> i think a lot of people would really get into that because i yeah i don't i don't pay for tv i buy i i collect the hunting dvds and i always talk about how i have this 
gargantuan stash of DVDs. I have all the road trips, all the monster books, all the bone collectors, all pretty and in an order. And the first season of Gilmore Girls, too. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, you're familiar with Gilmore Girls, are you? So, I can only imagine. No, I'm not familiar with them, but I can only imagine. I do have a girlfriend, so uh, that's I'm, that's my excuse for the Gilmore Girls DVD. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hey, I'm not saying I didn't get into it with her, but I'm just saying that's the reason why I have it. <laughs> it's just right there with your hunting yeah. DVD. Yeah, it's in the collection there. But and I've uh, never watched Dancing with the Stars either. I haven't either. <laughs> uh, I, uh, yeah, me neither. My <laughs> yeah. fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like ooh, looking around. <laughs> we, um, you know, we, yeah, we were watching that. We got it. We actually got you guys on the uh, on the screen now. We uh, there's a TV in the studio because uh, we're super classy and it's awesome. But uh, we're watching it, and it, it was the uh, that one when you're doing the shoot, and the thing that cracks us up is the names that you give everybody. When you did the archery <laughs> They're shoot. They're all wrong. They're all the yeah, wrong names. Like Daryl Blandon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Michael Waffle House. Is that, yeah. is that all you? Like, did you think of all no, that? No, no, that was fo- – I can't take credit for that. I mean, those <laughs> names have stuck, but Foxworthy come up with all those names. Yeah, That's Gordon Fishstick, Bill Gordon. <laughs> so and, uh, Mar- Marvin Waffle House, Daryl Blanda. That's yeah, that's the best one. The, que- um, the question I got for you is, where and how long have you and Sadie known each other? Well, um, Sadie, um, when they when David had asked me, because see, originally when we was going to introduce, you know, because I was setting up the targets behind the scenes, and David had came to me. Um, one day at the store, and he said, look, we want to change things up. You know, it's always been me, Michael, and Nick. I mean, me, it's always been Michael, David, and Bill doing the archery shoot. He said, we want to change it up a little bit, you know, just because we've been doing this for four or five years, and it works good, but just what can we do? You know, just creatively, what do you think, Trav? And I said, well, we can come up with some new targets and stuff. And then I told him, I said, why don't you do this since the Incomplete Hunter is so popular Mm -hmm. and Foxworthy's shooting a bow now. I said, why don't you take Foxworthy? And then the guy, you know, that played Billy, which his name is Shane. I can't remember his last name, but he's a he's a DJ in Nashville, actually, and does a little comedy on the side. I said, why don't you get Shane and Foxworthy, which is a.k.a. Willie and Billy, let them shoot bows against you guys. And whether it's trick photography or not, just let them just wear you guys out. You know what I mean? Even if we uh-huh. got to, you know, fake it, let's just make sure that they wear you out. And uh, he said, man, that's a pretty good idea. Well, Foxworthy was up for it, but the other guy, Shane, had never touched a bow before and he he you know he didn't want to do something he wasn't really comfortable with so yeah. then uh david asked me he said you know we talked it over with foxworthy and everybody and he said we want you to be the the sidekick with with foxworthy and i said really and he said yeah can you come up with something that kind of goes hand in hand or side by side with um you know willie's character and i said absolutely so <laughs> I come up with a big floppy hat, and then if you notice, it's got the notch. Yeah, dude, you know, I love that. That's the best because part. In true redneck fashion, you know, a guy's not going to take his hat off or turn it around backwards. He's going to put a notch in there so the string will come back to his anchor point. Oh, I love it. And then I put the fishing reel on the bow, and then we came up with Sadie. You know, I said, because, you know what? People are really going to notice that because if you're oh, over yeah. 35 years old and you grew up bow hunting in the 70s and the early 80s, you know what a whitetail hunter is. Everybody recognized that bow because <laughs> in that point in time, there wasn't but about 10 different bows that you could buy. It's not mm-hmm. like today when there's 200 bows out there to buy. There was only about 10 to buy, so everybody had a whitetail hunter. Oh, man. Actually, at, at the time, it was the number one production bow in, you know, in the world. I mean, there's been more of that one model bow sold than anything. Really? So I said, man, every, yeah. So I, I, I set that bow up, and it was only shooting like 190 200 feet per second but i really got it shooting good but if it was over 40 yards it was a par two i had to shoot it twice oh, no. <laughs> oh man. but uh it shot good it was real slow and it really jarred your teeth you had to keep your teeth clenched because it would just rattle your teeth loose but it shot it shot really good and then um something that a lot of people don't know but between the first monster bus which was in 99 or 2000 and then when we did the casa de bone you know where we filmed it in that junkyard yeah yeah in between there, the limb split on the original Sadie. Oh, no. So, so we did a, uh, this was long before, you know, Facebook was popular or social media. So we did something on the website asking people if, uh, on Realtree's website, that Sadie is broken, we need another Sadie. And you wouldn't believe the response we got. 
of people wanting to donate their whitetail hunter so that I could have, you know, so I could have another Sadie. Wow, that's so, awesome. <laughs> yeah, the, the Sadie that is in play now, that I still got it, it's over there in my bow shop right next door to where I'm at now, is rigged up, and it's the it's the Sadie number two, so a lot Sa- of people don't Sadie know that. Two. We watched <laughs> Sadie, the, uh, yeah. the video that you have on YouTube, like your favorite bow, and you, you, bring, you pull Sadie out, and it looks like yep. it's immaculate. It looks like it looks it's like all shiny shape, and yeah. nice and perfect. <laughs> well, and the reason why is because um, the the one that was sent to me, I don't know if y'all remember, but way back when they used to have slim covers because there was no dipping and camouflage on bows. They just had these like like a tube sock that goes over the limb, and oh, you take gotcha. and uh, yeah, and you velcro it on there. So the guy that sent us this bow, he had it completely covered. I mean, it was. I don't know that he had shot it much at all. I think he bought it and might, might have killed one deer, and that was it. But, yeah, it was in, in immaculate <laughs> condition. See, that's way before us. We're all in our early 20s, so we're uh, – And mid-20s. Yeah, yeah. mid-20s, 24. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're getting up there, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you this. I mean, you were you were bringing up, you know, all these, uh, all these guys that you set up their bows for, and, I mean, you've met – you know, some of the biggest names out there and, you know, country music, hunting, camel, who, and, and, and you'll have to answer this, but who is your favorite person ever that you've had in hunting camp with you? Um, there, uh, you know, when I first, when we first started hunting with them and, and, and dealing with them, I was a little star struck, you know, in the early 2000s, but then I quickly realized that, you know, most of these people were just, just like we are, I mean, you, you you know, you see them on TV and you build this image up. But, but to be honest, they're just like we are, and they're they're uh, they can't wait to to get in camp or to let their hair down and go back to their roots or whatever. Where they're not, you know, got a gun to their head and have to act a certain way. So, mm-hmm. you know, with that said, they've all been pretty enjoyable. I, re- I really can't say that any of them that have been just like I don't care to share camp with them again because if they have those country and outdoor roots, you know. There ain't too many people that, that, you know, in our industry or, or that likes the outdoors that are just true knuckleheads. I mean, so, yeah. um, but but to, to label some that I really enjoyed was Blake Shelton at the top of the list because, I mean, he's just a cut up. He would fit right in. He could be the fourth bone collector real easy. I mean, just. <laughs> you pick that vibe up when you watch him, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, can, you can see that, and that's the way he is. I mean, even if you watch The Voice or, or what have you, he's just a. Fun to be in camp and you know always joking around so he's he's always a pleasure to be around foxworthy is too foxworthy is extremely humble um and he has a photographic memory so be careful what you tell foxworthy because he remembers it <laughs> yeah i mean you think you think all the lights ain't on when you're describing something to him and he ain't getting it but i'm going to tell you I've, I've worked around him you know video and things and stuff and somebody will say like four or five sentences worth of lines that would take me like two weeks of memorizing at home. Mm-hmm. And then he just knocks it out. Like, uh, I mean, he just says, I-, I got it. I got it. Just, just go ahead and roll. And they said, do you want to bust <laughs> it up? And he goes, no, I got it. And then he just, you know, sits right there and whips it out. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he seems like first... he'd be a riot to share camp with. I can't even imagine what that's got to be. Oh like. yeah. <laughs> but he's an observer too. You know I mean? He's just not always, he doesn't capitalize all the talk, but, He's a watcher and a listener, and I mean that's where all the, you know, you you may be a redneck comes from is because he's an observer and watching and mm-hmm. just find, just finds humor in life. So he's he's an amazing individual. I, I uh, owe a lot to him, and I, I appreciate his friendship and knowing him. But you guys yeah, are definitely awesome to watch together, man. <laughs> I, yeah, I remember as a kid always seeing the the he because he always did books, and my parents always had like the Jeff Foxworthy books. I don't know if anybody remembers these, but um, oh yeah. And I always was like, man, I want to do stand-up comedy. So I, you know, I do stand-up comedy too. But I was like, you know, there is no way I could be just as genuine as that guy. And then even watches watching his hunting show, it's it's like he's always the same person, no matter where he's, you know, at whether he's doing an interview on stage, doing a show. I mean, you know, I, I think you can pick up that he's a down-to-earth dude. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, he is, and he's a. He, he absolutely loves hunting. He has a huge farm. He has a 2,400-acre farm here in Georgia, and they called it the Beloved. And, and to be honest, I mean, 
the best deer in Georgia are coming out around that area. Real Tree <laughs> has a huge farm right beside it, and they, they just they, they put a lot of money into it. But nonetheless, they're they got a great management program, and uh, he's doing a lot of good things for the industry too. Awesome, awesome, That's awesome. Um, I got a quick question for you. Um, where's I going here? Where is your favorite place? I know you know the Midwest might be for whitetails, but all in all, to go bow hunting, if you could only go one place, what would be your number one destination pick? It's you know we get asked that a lot. It's hard. It's it's hard to say. Um, well, I'll answer it this way. I mean, if if I was, you know, if you only had two weeks, let's just say I had two weeks to hunt. That was it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Trav, you're you're getting your license pulled. You got two weeks left to hunt. I would choose Iowa from about uh, the last week of October to the first week of November. That's what I would choose. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I was a guy that was like, hey, um, I'm saving my pennies. I've been saving for two or three years, and I want to go on a hunt. I want to maximize my odds of killing a great deer, having a great experience, and I want it to be a Midwest style, I would choose Kansas over Iowa. Oh, really. awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I like the grassy, t- like, plain type terrain that kansas i've never hunted kansas but the way it looks you know um yep it just looks like the most fun hunting i love when you can see a long way see for miles down there i love that it's great in a pre-rut situation because you can see so far and you can you know decoy and snort wheeze and you know you can work above you're not just because he's out there at two or three hundred yards and you know you've seen him clip the edge of a crp field you're you're like well i'm out of the game well you can work that buck especially that time of year and Mm -hmm. another great thing about kansas is you can bait i mean so with that said you're you're increasing your odds no matter what time of year you're going so you can control a little bit of your your destiny so to speak and then with the wind rows the deer are more concentrated so uh Mm -hmm. you 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 know if you're spending money on a hunt you can go out to uh to kansas and and uh have really really good odds of killing a Big big Midwest buck within a week's time. Didn't uh, Waddell just purchase some land in Kansas a few years back? Well, actually, um, uh, he did. He, he did, and he owned it for two or three years, and he sold it about eighteen months ago. Oh, really? And uh, yeah, a guy. It was right there on the Quivera National the uh, uh, National. It's the National Waterfowl. Um, anyway, it's it's right beside Quivera Management Area, mm-hmm. and. And a guy wanted it um, that that uh, was building it. It's actually guys we still hunt with. They're called the Hooray Ranch. Mm-hmm. If you can look them up on the website, the Hooray Ranch is a phenomenal waterfowl. They do do some whitetail hunts, but mainly it's all waterfowl. Mm-hmm. And they wanted that piece of property that Waddell owned because it was so close to that Quivera Wildlife Management. And that's one of the, the best flyways, and you wouldn't believe what they've turned Waddell's old property into. It's just a mecca for all waterfowl. It was It was unbelievable when we was out there last year. And uh, so he sold that 18 months ago, and in uh, in the meantime, he's been looking for a farm actually in Kentucky, as well as I have too. But I actually bought a farm right on the Kansas border in northern Oklahoma. Oh, really? And, uh, cool. Yeah, I did. I was I was really excited about it. It's one of those one of those things you you kind of struggle with the decision, and it's a two handed. When you're signing those papers, it takes two hands to sign it, but uh, I did it. <laughs> well, one hand in but, your wife's hand? <laughs> yeah. Oh, she don't know about it, so I hope she don't listen to this oh, podcast. Yeah. Oh, no. Sorry. We no, won't, we won't send it to her. <laughs> but it's, okay. uh, it's good. I bought it right, I mean, it is right on the Cimarron River, right south of Dodge City, right on the um, the Oklahoma border. And the reason I chose Oklahoma because uh, it's kind of a sleeper, and Oklahoma hunts in this area hunts just like kansas it's mm-hmm. over the counter tags the tags are half the price and you can kill two bucks as a non-resident in oklahoma oh really? so, that's cool yeah yeah so you know a lot of people don't think of oklahoma but that portion of oklahoma which is the northwest part of it um is uh is really good as far as that goes you can kill two bucks you can still bait it hunts just like kansas and exactly where i bought it i mean it just rolls right into kansas actually the the uh, metal building that we've turned into a makeshift lodge is actually in Kansas, so we sleep in Kansas oh, really? and then drive. Yep, drive a mile and a half south, and bam, <laughs> we're on the farm. How uh, now? How does that? How does that work? I mean, you know, do you have to hire guys to go out there? I mean, you know, because now you are a landowner for in, upkeep, right? In, for upkeep, and and now you know, obviously, you said you, you you live in Georgia, but now you own land in Kansas and Oklahoma. I mean, how does that? 
I mean, obviously, filing taxes is not going to be fun, but how do you how do you manage that being so far away? Well, um, the, the, I made good friends with a couple of the farmers out there, and uh, you know, I mean, there. If you get to these rural areas, you know, a lot of the farmers and stuff are, you know, just as good as gold and honest as all get out. And, um, you know, I mean, there's not a lot of maintenance, to be honest with you. You you set up some feeder sites and, you know, you kind of mark off the property, you know, with a, you look at your topo maps and you kind of lay out the property, you know, where the prevailing winds are going to be and how you're going to go to and from your stands. And you set up uh, three or four shooting houses and, you know, five or six, seven stand sites and you put your food plots in and uh you know the good thing with these new cameras you know we're using them bushnell trail cameras that have the you know the att network in there i can get pictures all the time from my phone and the battery life is i mean i've got one that's been out there uh since we bought the property in november and the batteries are still good on it wow that's amazing yeah so i'm getting pictures uh you know regularly and you know if i need something particularly done i just call my buddy who's a farmer out there and just say you know would you mind going checking on this and you know if i have to do an appearance or i'm in that area you know i may carve out an extra day or two to run down there and do a few things but it's got to just make most, you itch to get out there when you get these pictures bucks into your phone and you're in georgia oh yeah we just turned the, the we just turned the cameras back on actually uh last uh well it was the last week of june and we just got the picture so uh actually i put it on the social media a few few days ago um the the pictures the first pictures of and I, I named it the boys of summer but i got three really good ones and they've still got you know another month and a half of growing to do awesome. so you're doing better than i am because i'm i actually have a bushnell uh trail camera coming in the mail i'm waiting on and then i'm gonna go throw i'm about 45 minutes from my hunting property and i'm gonna go throw all mine out and so i feel like i'm a little behind but not too yeah. far behind i guess <laughs> I mean, oh no yeah and, and it it does i mean but you know, I know that I can't spend a lot of time there because we have to do so many shows. You know, I'm I'm yeah. going to be able to, yeah, I own it, and yeah, we'll hunt it this year. But to say that I'm going to be out there for a whole month, I'm not. I mean, I'm going to be able to give it a week, week and a half, and well, you know, hopefully we get her done there. And if not, we'll just move on to the next destination. Yeah. I think it's just uh, just justification there uh, for you guys to buy the uh, first bone collector private jet, you know, because you guys have to get to these hunting spots, and you got to do it, like, <laughs> then. Right now. Yeah. That's a pretty good tax write-off, right? I, I would say so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the bone collector jet. Yeah, that, 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 I, I don't see that happening anytime soon. Yeah. That'd be sweet, I'm thinking it's gonna, we're going to continue on with Chevy, Chevy and the Club Silverado. That's the way it's going to be. Yeah, that's probably a, pretty, a better deal in the end. Yeah. Hey, I just signed to... up. I just signed up for the Love's Truck Stop uh, rewards card, so I'm pretty excited about that. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, you did? oh man. We just uh, got one in Davenport, like, yeah. not that long ago. Oh, get all your NASCAR gear right there. <laughs> so, That's right. Oh, I hey, lo- and I stopped at that one in Davenport. Have really? You? Right up there off of um, 80? Right 80? Off 80? Yep. Yeah. Yep, I've been there. And then how close are you guys to to uh, Molina? Moline? Moline? Milan. Well, or I don't know how you, where it's, John Deere's from. Oh, Moline. Uh, Moline. Moline. Yeah, Eric, uh, Eric. I actually, I actually work for John Deere. How how close are you? Oh, Eric. I don't know. We might have cut out right there. Eric works for John Deere. Yeah, I well, work at John Deere making combines. Oh, really? Yep. But we're probably what kind, what kind of employee discount you get on a tractor? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I I can get you one. <laughs> I hear you. There you go. You can hook up with Eric. But we're probably. Well, 25 to 30 minutes, depends on where you're at in Moline. Um, we're in a little farm town called Sherrard. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we're probably 15. It depends which way you go. We'll say 15 minutes to a half hour away yeah. south. So That's cool. Um, the John Deere Classic's going on right now. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It just started Bill today, didn't it? No, it started yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah, Bill Murray yeah. was uh, there. Yep. I'm yep. a huge golf fan. I don't play golf, but... Uh, Golf is my number one sport to watch. So, uh, really? yeah, I've, I've been, yeah, I follow that. I'm a, I talk to, I don't know if y'all know this, but Steve Stricker, he's won it, you know, yeah. three yep. times. Yep. Well, he's, he's a big, uh, hunter, big time. So, is he and really? he and I talk back and forth. And then Brian Harmon, uh, which he's been doing good as of late, he's a huge hunter. So, uh, man, we should weekly. get them guys on the podcast. Yeah, they're here. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you ever Kevin want to go. Kevin Kisner. 
If if you ever want to go to the John Deere Classic, I can get you discount tickets too. I can get you free oh. tickets. Forget those discount tickets. I get them to you for free. <laughs> and you have a place to stay you. in Sherrard. There you go. Yeah, that'd be cool. So we got the hookup over here. Yeah, it's all, it's all all day today at work. I watch the uh, the blimps fly around. I work yeah. on the Mississippi and Moline, and I got to watch oh, okay. watch them hover around me all morning. <laughs> so I'm probably on I camera somewhere. Yeah, they're probably watching you. Yeah, they probably were. <laughs> no, but yeah, that's uh. That's cool. I did not know you were a big golf fan. Well, I don't play. I mean, I, I mean, I don't mind hitting a golf ball at the driving range, but I, I just love watching it. I guess the reason why is because it's the closest sport that is related to competitive archery. My background, you know, being 3D competitive archery, it's the closest sport that is to that. So, you know, it's just mm-hmm. it's just you. It's not a team. You have to suppress your nervous energy. You got undulation, wind, uh, shade. You know, there's a lot of yardage. Everything comes into play, which is you know the same thing as 3D archery, so that's I guess that's why I like it so much. I never looked at it that way, but aim it small, it's miss true. small. That yep. cup is not very big. Well, the thing is, I I don't really watch any type of real. Well, okay, I don't want to say it that way. I don't really watch ball sports. I could say, but lately I've been watching tournament archery on YouTube like crazy. Like for the last two three weeks, that's all I've watched, and it got me thinking because I I'm a Levi Morgan fan and Chance yep. Bobaw fan. I, I just the guy, I like hearing what they got to say, their videos, their tips, all that. And I was thinking, I was like, do you ever see yourself getting back into that side of things? I, I, You know, me and my son, we shoot about eight or ten local tournaments. And up until about two years ago, I would always try to do one of the big major tournaments. But I really haven't shot, shot um, you know, I guess seriously or competitively since about 2002. I just haven't had, had haven't really had time. And, yeah, and I, yeah. And I don't now either, and I I, re- I really miss it because I miss you know I miss the lifestyle, I miss everybody out there. But um, you know, prize money had went downhill quite a bit from in the in the 1990s. I mean, the prize money was really up there. I know for 94, 95, 96, uh, it was 35 to 50 thousand dollars just to win the wow. world championships. Where it's it's nowhere near that now because network TV is not covering it. Whereas back then we was on ESPN when. When I had won it, and you know, up till about '98, it was on ESPN every every year. So, see, and that's a um, shame. I feel like that should be that should that be should a big still be thing. On there, yeah. Maybe, maybe it'll come yeah. back with the growing archery's. I feel like it's growing rapidly right now. You know what? You know what'll make it come back? All of a sudden, there's this guy that comes out of the shadows and yeah. he shoots. And he's got this cloth over him, and then he Robin Hood's an arrow, and they take it off, and it's T Bone, the original T Bone, with the big yeah, V in his right. head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey. Network ratings would die, boys. I'm telling you. Hey, a boy can dream, right? Yeah, exactly. No, I wish it would. I really, I mean, my love for archery, and you know, I, I would, I would love to be like a commentator or something like that if we could get it going, but. You know, it's been talked about because I'm a member of the APA, which is the Association of Professional Archers, and mm-hmm. it's just hard to get it on TV to where people want to watch, you know, to where it's interesting because you all, you guys know yourself, you know, in the last 10 or 12 years, the world is just so fast-paced, and yeah. it's just hard to document it to where it's super-duper exciting and, mm-hmm. um, you know, so many people have tried, but um, it is growing, though. However, you know, the people that are in it and the numbers of attendance at the shoots and stuff, that, that is growing. But, you know, unfortunately, the prize money's not there. I was going to make a joke earlier when I said I liked uh, golf and archery and there's the similarities. The, everything's pretty similar except for the payday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not, yeah. Getting a, you're not getting a Lexus if you win, the, uh, <laughs> win any archery yeah. tournaments. No, no. But, I, but yeah, Levi, yeah, I'm really good friends with Levi. I talk to him quite a bit. And uh, when he when they do the shoot in Georgia, actually stays here at the house and comes in a couple of days early, and oh, and he'll cool. uh, you know shoot here at the house. And I've, I've known him actually when I was competing, he was competing too, but he was still like uh, fourteen, fifteen years old. I mean, he was in the youth division. So uh, thank goodness I never had to go head to head against him. <laughs> Yeah, would have waxed my drawers. <laughs> yeah, that, that's my biggest fear is like you know I, I I try to do something and there's like some you know fourteen fifty year old kid that just absolutely does it way better than me and I'm just like I got nothing to say because I'm like oh, the kid's yeah. really good man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I I'm a big Levi Morgan fan. I enjoy watching him and he shoots the same brand of bow I do. So I'm making yeah, him as, of, me even as more. of a, a week, week ago. as a week ago. Yeah. So yeah, well, good. Yeah, they um that that's. <laughs> 
you know, I always looked up to Randy Omer. I, you know, I had to compete against him, yeah. but he is my iconic hero as far as, you know, someone I look up to. Levi is also one too, and then also Jeff Hopkins. Um, there's a lot of good shooters out there, but um, Jeff Hopkins has been doing it for. I can remember shooting against him in 1993, 94. About it was his first year, and he's still out there competing. So, uh, yeah, hats off to a lot of the guys. And I, I actually did an event a couple weeks ago up in North Carolina and ran into. Um, guys I used to shoot with Billy McCall, Johnny Heath, and Randy Hendricks, which Randy Hendricks, if you guys know, has won more Buckmasters World Championships than anybody. I mean, he's mm-hmm. I think he's won like 23 four-wheelers over the years between <laughs> qualifiers and world championships. <laughs> Does he need to get rid of, it, rid of any of those four-wheelers? <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he rents them out. That's how he makes subsidizes his income. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Four-wheel tour. It's like, yeah. Man, this this is only like an acre. Hey, well, it's only five bucks, so take it or leave it. I got to do what you got to do, right? That's right. Um, we do have a listener question. Um, if you don't mind, yeah, if you don't mind, no, not at all. Okay, um, we're do- we just want to check with you. We just don't want to ask you questions that uh, you don't, you know. Well, it's it's from our good buddy. Yeah, we're just gonna start throwing random questions at you, whether you approve <laughs> or not. Um, our good buddy Mark Reif, he's a uh, He's a taxidermist, uh, Creative Critters Taxidermy in Geneseo, which is not far from Moline. Um, he's also our, one of our sponsors. But he had a couple of questions. First off, he says, who does your taxidermy work? <laughs> oh, um, uh, Chattahoochee Taxidermy here in uh, Franklin, Georgia, the next town over. His name is uh, Doug Stevens. Um, he used to be a customer of mine, actually. Back in the early 90s, he works for Georgia Power, and he does taxidermy on the side. and he uh has he does such good work and um you know i appreciate good taxidermy period but nick is a fanatic about it so he he does all of nick's nick's work he does my work he does waddell's work mm-hmm. um we do we do use other taxidermists you know um you know just depending on the logistics of where we're at like yeah. uh you know a mule deer actually the show that's coming on tonight for real tree road trips that airs at nine eastern i kill a mule deer in full velvet well, I had to use a, a taxidermist out in Colorado just because of the logistics on that. Gotcha. And then, and then I've got a um, big bear that I killed a couple years ago that um, it should be done here in another two, three weeks. And some friends of mine up in Pennsylvania are doing that. They awesome. own a tannery. Oh, but I would cool. say, yeah, eighty-five percent of my taxidermy work uh, is done by my friend Doug Stevens, and then Ronnie Bullock. He's a taxidermist that does. Most all of Bill and Tyler Jordan's work, uh, he's done a lot for me too. So, so cool. are you one of those guys who you? I, I love taxidermy. I, anything I shoot really gets mounted. Um, are you one of those guys, or are you kind of like yeah, few and far between? You know, this one mean means this much to me, so you got it mounted. You're, you know what I mean? If there's something special about a certain yeah. hunt or an animal, or is it everything? Well, and I, and I don't mean this arrogant by no means. So I hope folks don't take it that way. But, um. Been being real fortunate, and this is what we do for a living. You you get a lot of critters, so um, I, I've I've got a lot mounted. But I, I kind of said it is for me to mount it. It really almost needs to score like 150. Mm-hmm. And I don't. And, and believe me, I I, have, I I don't. My biggest buck I've ever killed is only 162. So you know I, I don't want to come across as one of these ego arrogant guys. I mean I like shooting them too much, but I do like to do something with the horns, and I'm a huge fan of European mounts. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, actually, in my man cave, I built a, uh, I come up with a Euro tree. So, it's a tree, and it has, like, flat wall hooks in it, and I take skull hookers and put them on those flat wall hooks. And so, I've got this one totem pole, and uh, it'll hold 20 heads. So, you can just reach over there, grab it off, and admire the head, twist it, turn it, look at all the points, and then put it back there, and it's sitting on the perfect angle to where... You know, like the nose and the snout is on a 45-degree angle, so the, it looks like the deer's walking through the woods, not just a slammed skull up against Look looks like it's charging you. You know how so many yeah, people. right. Yep. So, uh, and I've got some pictures, I think, on some of my social media where we did it. But, no, i got European mounts, and then, you know, I, every rack that we kill, um, you know, I, I save it in some form or fashion. It is a trophy for me. That's but as awesome. far as, like, mount, mounting them, um, you know, I usually mount, like, two, three, four a year. And, yeah, uh, well, I mean, it kind of get overwhelming if you mounted every single one in a shoulder mount. Right. So it's cool that you got yeah. creative with it, and you know, and that you're doing stuff with it. You know, so. Oh yeah, yep. And I'm 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 real proud proud of the Euro tree. It, it, they've really turned out. It really turned out. Now I'm actually 
sitting down here in my man cave looking at it right now. <laughs> awesome. Enjoying the view. Yeah, that's a good idea, actually. I'm going to I'm gonna talk to Mark about a, a Euro tree. i got to kill a bunch and skull mount them first. But normally I'm like, oh, I still got room. I can get a shoulder mount. What's up? Yeah, yep, exactly. And then, you know, my... And that's the reason the invention of a man cave is because the wife is kind of like, <laughs> now nah, I don't think we're going to have another deer upstairs. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm fortunate right now my girlfriend's super cool with it, and I just got her into archery. So That's the word oh, good. right now. Right now. I, I don't know. Sam Sam likes the uh, – she likes the shoulder mounts a lot, so it, she it encourages like, them. You know, just a little elder words of wisdom. It seems like the girlfriends like bows, the girlfriends like archery, and the girlfriends like deer mounts. And then when you put that wife title, it goes away for some reason. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I'll be cautious. I'll, I'll tell her, T-Bone told me. Yeah. Yep. So you better not go switching things around on me, all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, get a contract. Next thing I know, I'll, I'll I'll come home from work one day, and all my Monster Buck DVDs will be on sale, and then she'll be going to buy a bunch of new Gilmore Girls DVDs and put in my <laughs> oh, sh- yeah. shelf spaces. <laughs> like, ah, dang yep. it, T-Bone warned me of this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, hey, I put all your videos in the attic. Yeah. <laughs> the what? <laughs> we yeah. don't even have an attic. Well, the garage sale we named the attic, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, where, what else we got for you? We're getting getting close to the end here. Getting close. Okay. We, get, we did want to ask you now, um, and we want your honest opinion on this. Are Cheetos the best tree, t- tree stand snack? You know they're not. They're the best as far as tasting, but um, <laughs> but if you, could, you know Cheetos, the bag to come in, it makes too much noise. So in order to fix that, you take them out of the bag and put them in a Ziploc bag. Okay, You're but nonetheless, they're, they're, yeah, they're pretty they're pretty noisy. So uh, Cheetos are not, but it gives you something to look forward to when you get back to camp. That's for sure. I say because then you get that cheese all over your fingers, and then you get it all over your bow, and then yeah, well, then what do you do? You know, <laughs> then you got a mess you know, going uh, on. You know, you know, Nick kind of started that whole Cheeto thing. Don't get me wrong. I like Cheetos, but I don't like them like, like you know, it's kind of taken on a life of its own. Like you put it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the reason when we do seminars and stuff, Nick says, you know, something uh, that you guys might not know about T-Bone is, you know, he has a toe fetish. And then everybody immediately goes, ooh, you know, thinking I like licking on toes and stuff. Well, <laughs> he says, yeah, T-Bone's got a toe fetish. He likes Doritos, Cheetos, Gardettos. <laughs> oh, so. hilarious. You know what's funny? Last well, last time I was at ATA was in uh, Nashville, and we were all talking to you guys, and Nick's funny, and he kept macking on my girlfriend. He kept... Oh, did he? Yeah, he kept rubbing up on her, giving her hugs. <laughs> so I was like, oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He deserves it. <laughs> but every every time we we'd you know we'd split up from you guys and we'd do a lap and then we'd see him, I could Nick would like wink at her and I'm like God dang it I can't compete with this. <laughs> he's got him a girlfriend now. He's he's got him a steady up in Minnesota now. Uh oh. Oh, there you yeah. go. No more deer mounts for him. Did, he, to worry did about he meet it, her at the ATA show too? <laughs> well, and then maybe just he's got to steady until September, and then no more steady. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, we can see it. See, that's what you got to get on him about that, so you can start giving him crap about stuff like that and get something going right. on his end. Because I know he always hits you with that 40-yard dash thing, and I'd be like, come on, man, cut it off, you know? <laughs> hey, I, I guess I know my role. I got the biggest shoulders in the bunch, so I guess I got to take it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you look at it this way. if you can, t- You could take everybody else out with those big shoulders if you wanted. <laughs> or you say, "Hey, let's have a shoot off, buddy." Yeah, <laughs> we uh, we were cracking up when we were watching that, and when they do, when everybody, uh, it was a uh, David and Michael when they were trying to draw your bow back. Oh yeah, what what is your uh, what is your drawing? That was on Sadie, though. That was on Sadie. On Sadie, yeah. Oh yeah, um, and I don't even know what I, I think Sadie was set on only about sixty five pounds. That's all it would make, but uh. I just I usually just get a seventy pound bow and bottom it out. Just um, you know, it ends up being seventy one, two, three pounds, something like that. Mm-hmm. What's it, what is your draw length? Just curious. Twenty nine and twenty. Oh, I mean, to be exact, it's like twenty nine and a quarter, twenty nine and three eighths. I usually get a twenty nine and a half inch bow and and uh, shorten it with a um, elongated draw stop so that my holding weight goes up. I know it's a technical answer, but no, I, I like like to hold more weight i like about 65 percent let off rather than high let off so 
and I was just watching something. What? And I can't remember. I was some watching some archery tip video on YouTube yesterday, and they were saying the more holding weight you have at full draw, it's more the more accurate. That's correct. And why is that? Real quick. The reason why is because um um. You know, bows bows that have a lot of let off are comfortable. It's like a good handshake, meaning when you draw them back and it's like you're you're holding nothing. It's it, true, you're holding nothing, so it is comfortable. And you know, if you are in the position where you have to hold a long time, uh, it, it's it's nice. But um, usually, bows that have a lot of let off have a longer valley. So the flaws in your form, meaning like if you punch the trigger, if you have anticipation in your left arm or your bow arm. Uh, it's going to magnify the flaws in your form. Whereas if you have um, a low holding weight, meaning you're holding more weight, the reason we can hold a bow steady is because of opposing forces. You're pushing and you're pulling. So if you took a bow that weighs, let's say, totally rigged out at 7.5 pounds, and then you took a 7.5 pound gun, like a 22, mm-hmm. you can shoot the bow more accurately at 50 yards than you could just standing there holding an 8 pound bow. I mean, mm-hmm. an eight-pound rifle, because you don't have opposing forces to hold the gun still, so you're shaking a lot. Got it. So gotcha. when you when you hold more weight, the valley is shorter, and it's a push-pull, so that the the reaction of the bow is so much quicker that it doesn't allow us as humans, which we have flaws in our form, it doesn't magnify the flaws in your form. So if you're shooting correctly, where it's a push-pull, it's a uh, snapshot. And it, it the shot breaks, and it doesn't give us as humans time to mess up the shot. And if you'll notice on bows that do have a lot of weight, like uh, I, I think you said you're shooting an elite now, yeah, elite, and some of the uh, other bows have a lot of let off. Mm-hmm. You'll notice that they all put draw stops in there so that you can pull against that draw stop, so that yep. it's kind of the best of both worlds. Meaning you have high let off if you need it, but then to execute the right shot, you train yourself. You pull into that back wall and execute the shot, which increases your push and pull and your opposing forces. So you kind of you kind of customize or tailor tailor make your holding weight because you have a draw stop. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah makes, it makes perfect a lot sense. Of sense. That's I makes love more, that answer. Makes actually. more sense now that it's explained out. Yeah, yeah. explained by the the best person that probably could explain it, in the, my opinion. The professional. So, <laughs> thank you for that end of the show tech tip. I guess that yeah. was awesome. Oh, you're welcome, guys. Um, anything, well, when can, when can you find Bone Collector and, uh, Realtree Road Trips right now? Well, um, you know, with the new, the, right now, the, uh, third and fourth quarter, the new shows are just airing, and I don't know about you guys, but I've been watching for the last week or so, and it always gets me fired up. Don't get me wrong, we watch hunting shows all through the year, but mm-hmm. for some reason, right around that 4th of July, it's like we, we crest the hill, and man, I can see September coming. Oh, it's Wednesday. <laughs> so, it's, it's hump day. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, man. I'm I am so ready for Thursday. for uh, everything you know that's that's coming. So, um, but to answer your question, Bone Collector, you can look on BoneCollector.com for all the show times. It's on three or four times a week. I'm not actually sure of all the times. And then same thing with Realtree Road Trips. It's on three times a week, and you can get the times off of Realtree.com. You can get the times off of BoneCollector.com, and then naturally you can follow us on all our social medias. My social medias are. Uh, T-Bone Outdoors, that's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And then Bone Collector is is the same or, uh, for all three of those also. So you can check us out on those. And we we uh, do all of our own. So uh, we'd love to hear from you all on social media and websites. And look forward to killing a bunch of stuff come September. Cool. Now, Thank and, you, and what, what would you recommend to uh, to get to your hunting property? What what would you drive if you had the had the option? What would I drive? What would you drive? Yeah. Well, the Chevrolet Silverado, of course. <laughs> oh man, the twenty five hundred. Yes, sir. Got the twenty five hundred HD Duramax with the Allison transmission and uh, Casper White. Ooh, Eric's yeah. a Chevy man. Yeah. Oh yeah. So That's you, right. Guys, go go pick you up one of them. That's right. Oh. I just actually. Uh, <laughs> I did a little video. Me and Waddell have got to go do a expo down in Tampa Bay, Florida. We're flying out tomorrow. And I had to do a little promo for the guy earlier this morning. And uh, Chevrolet is one of the sponsors of the expo. So I did it from the front seat of my truck. I was I had to do some errands this morning. So 
I stopped and filmed it with my iPhone. I just said, hey, we're coming to you live from the front seat of Club Silverado. And uh, <laughs> so we'll see you guys this weekend down in Tampa Bay. Awesome. Yep. Cool, man. All right, well, we really appreciate you being on the show. It was a good time. It went way too fast for us, so we appreciate your time, definitely. That was was awesome. You got anything? Was. Absolutely. Hey, guys, y'all are doing a good job. Keep up the good work. You know, if you're, if you're uh, spreading the love in the outdoor industry and the hunting, hunting lifestyle, man, all things are good. So keep flinging arrows. And to all the listeners out there, man, we're so appreciative of all y'all's support of the hunting lifestyle and the outdoor industry and, of course, the bone collector and realtree. So, uh, we love you guys, and hopefully we'll see you all out on the road. You know, check in on our websites and see where we're at, and we'd love to see you and um, bring Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> and or Gardettos. Don't forget, forget yeah, buy some merchandise, too. When, when you go to these websites, get you a couple Bone Collector shirts. I guarantee you put those Bone Collector shirts on, you're the coolest person in that room. That's absolutely. <laughs> so, all right, guys, thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, this Sunday, the twelfth, we'll be at Galesburg Archery Club in Rio, Illinois. Um, <laughs> Rio, Rio, however you want to go for that. Um, next weekend, the eighteenth, we are going to do our working class bow hunter archery shoot. That is S H E W T. We are going to just. Basically, we're going to the public range. We're going to pile up the trucks full of targets. Everyone's going to meet up. We're just going to have a good time and shoot all day. And then for go fun. get some pizza and beer right after. Huh? Yep, that's Perfect. exactly it. So thanks, guys, for listening. Go shoot your bow. We'll see you later. <laughs>